All right. Well, you want to lead off this one or do you want me to lead it off? Uh, I didn't put any notes together. so I didn't either. So I mean, for the intro, I mean, just, I just wing it. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know. You start. I'll just interrupt whenever I want to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Greatest List Podcast, a show about music and lists. This season, your hosts Jason and Eric are counting down the top 25 guitar solos of the 80s and the top 25 guitar solos of the 90s. Think your favorite made the list? Tune in and find out. Take it away, boys. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Greatest Lists. It's Jason here, of course, and of course, it's Eric. Of course, it's me. Who else would it be? <laughs> a horse. A horse. A horse. Is a horse. Of course. <laughs> Wait, of course. Would you call me? <laughs> hey, we are here. Uh, just this is uh, it was kind of Eric's idea, and you know when we released the bonus show for Huey Lewis and the News, uh, their sports album, their uh, 40th anniversary. Wow. Uh, 1983 is chock full of just influential albums i would say not not just of the 80s but of all time and we were going down through the list and or or maybe eric was first i can't remember how it all went but he was like let's let's get on here and talk about all the other albums yeah. in 1983 yeah i mean well i already think 83 is the beginning of the quote unquote 80 sound you know uh 81 80 81 82 you still got some disco mixed in there. You still got some country crossover right. and some, you know, easy list and stuff. But 83 is when 80s, 80s music really took off. Uh, I think you, you probably remember a couple of years ago, I walked through all of the top 40 oh, yeah. countdown uh, lists of the 80s all year long. Um, and so, you know, 83 is just a pivotal year for me as far as 80s music. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a ton of albums. I don't think I don't think people really realize what all came out in '83. Um, yeah, and we're gonna give it to them yeah, definitely yeah. in this episode. <laughs> uh, you know, we usually go track by track. We'll we'll feature one album, but this being you know towards the end of '83, we really haven't or, or don't have the time to do a real track by track uh, a review of several of these, which right. deserve. Uh, track by track review. So what we're going to do is basically just run down. I, I pulled together a list of the, some of the ones that were influential to me, and you might have some more to add to this list, Eric. And then what we're going to do is count down our top five list of uh, albums that came out in 83. We'll go from five to one, give you yep. a little build up if you didn't look at the show notes. And uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> if you're listening to us on Spotify, we'll play one song from the album. We're going to pick a song. <laughs> we'll play uh, each in album in, in its entirety. <laughs> yeah. We have 10 albums uh, coming at you right now. Eight hours later, people are like, <laughs> good, this episode over with. No. So that's kind of the setup for this episode. Yeah. We'll just go through and uh, first of all here, just list off some of these albums. And... Uh, trying not to get into our picks here but here's uh i'm just gonna throw out the first five here so we got def leppard's pyromania journey's frontiers brian adams cuts like a knife u2 war and tears for fears the hurting yeah and there's i, I mean, mean that's a killer list right that there right there is a a, <laughs> a set of albums right there then, then you've got like you've got metal health from quiet riot you've got mm. david bowie's let's dance uh, Cargo from Minute Work, Texas Flood, Stevie Ray Vaughan, um, and then a little-known band that at the time I don't think anybody really gave any attention to, but Hill 'Em All from Metallica came out in '83. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was that wasn't their was that their first? Their yeah, debut? that was their that okay. was their very first one. That's awesome. Another debut in '83 was Weird Al. Yes. <laughs> His self-titled album yes. came out. Uh, another. Uh, yeah, pivotal, <laughs> of course. I mean, gosh, his career has just been incredible. I found that album and the Dare to Be Stupid album on vinyl for a oh, buck a piece. Man, at a uh, I don't care what anybody months. says. That man is a musical genius. 
Yeah. I, and I, I will say so. that till the no. day I die. People laugh <laughs> at me when I say that, but he's a musical genius. Probably the largest band of 83, arguably, is The Police. Of course, yeah. Synchronicity came out, which yeah. would end up being their final album. Uh, Madonna's self-titled debut album, how influential was she Man. You know, in the years to come? But even yeah. with her first album, just, you know, uh, a whole fashion trend and just, you know, the, uh, the, the movies and everything, she just knocked it out of the park. Yeah. True story. And uh, uh, Rebel Yell from Billy Idol came out that year. Mm -hmm. Shout Out the Devil from Motley Crue came out that year. Um, right. uh, Can't Slow Down from Lionel Richie. Um, some, some great soundtracks. Flashdance, Risky Business. They all came out in 83. So, I mean, you know, the list, and that's just a small list. I mean, there's, <laughs> there is a crap ton of other albums that, oh, yeah. that, uh, that came out this year that are just ridiculous. Yeah, just, I mean, just across the board, too. I mean, yeah. metal and just straight-up rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Stevie Ray Vaughan. We, we, you know, we featured one song already in this list, so you got some blues in there. Mm -hmm. Just straight-up pop albums from Madonna and David Bowie. and I, th I think you're right. There's just such a variety packed in, but there that sound, you know, that what yeah. we think of when we think of 80s music, mm -hmm. you're thinking of some of these songs from these albums. Yeah. When I was doing the countdown several years ago, I made a playlist of the top songs of 82 and then a playlist of 83 songs. And you can literally hear the difference in what 82 <laughs> sounds like and what 83 sounds like. And this, you know, and that's why I, I've always, I've long thought 83 is when 80s music started and it is the jumping off point for everybody that, that, yeah. uh, that created music in the 80s. Well, in the the biggest album of 83, which actually came out in December of 82, which we're not including since we're just doing albums that were released in 83, was Thriller, of course. Oh, yeah. The, the biggest album of 83. So you yeah. got Michael Jackson. We didn't Jackson. even list that. I mean, that was yeah, the right, biggest right. album of all time. All time, but it, it, technically, if you go to Billboard's list, it was the number one album, selling album of 83. Yeah. So we're not including that, but, you know, how big the, was Michael Jackson? All, the, all of his big hits year. from that album came out in 83. Right, so, right. In you know, so, 84, too. Yeah. I mean, that Thriller, thing was yeah. around forever. Mm -hmm. You know, broke all kinds of records and everything. Yep. So, yep. All right, well, we're going to count down our top five albums of 83, essentially our personal lists here. And they're all different. We made sure that was <laughs> the case, so we're not repeating well, anything here. Yeah, we we made we didn't we didn't have to make sure. We we literally both picked five different albums. We I did. Cool. We did. I think, yeah, I think and I thought I thought for sure we'd have at least one on here. Yeah. I did pass over one because I knew you were going to take it. <laughs> there was there was some of that action going on, but uh, yeah, I think it's did it's I pick it? That we picked. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It, we'll be talking about it. I'll okay. tell you which one it was. All right, cool. Yeah. But uh, anyway, who do you want to go first? No, you can go first. Go ahead. All right. So I'm going to go first here. My number five album of 1983 is Reach the Beach by The Fix, which was uh, released May 1983. It was the second studio album by The Fix, and it's been their most successful to date. It reached number eight on the Billboard album chart, certified platinum here in the U.S. and Canada. And it also contains their two most successful singles, One Thing Leads to Another, which everybody knows, yeah. and Saved by Zero. That's a great song. I, I just, I've always loved Cy Kernan's voice. Mm -hmm. uh, very distinctive. I, I kind of liken it to Danny Elfman of Oingo Boingo. I mean, those two voices, I don't know. They have this almost nasally quality, yeah. but it fits right in with the, you know, what I would call a new wave of music of the time. And the guitars are what's always stood out to me uh, in the fix, including the rhythm and the lead and the bass guitar. I mean, just incredible guitar work. The bass drives a lot of songs if you really listen closely. That's true. But, you know, it's been in within the past maybe five years that I've really listened to this whole album. Uh, I was always fascinated with the cover. And a, a lot of these that I picked, too, the covers are a part of the experience, you know as well but that, oh, that yeah. torso torso of the man uh, in the water pushing towards the the bright colors on the beach yeah. i found it at a vinyl booth 
in a local antique mall and decided I was going to get it uh, without hearing, you know, it's an entirety. That's before. awesome. Yeah. I, I really well, enjoyed strictly for the cover. That's amazing. yeah, no, but I really enjoyed the singles and oh, I yeah. had joined them for years, but yeah. I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. And I, you know, there was, uh, my collecting experience with vinyl, which it goes back maybe 10 or 15 years now is I wanted to collect albums that I never had before. I don't want to just buy albums that I had and just have it in a different format, you right. know? Right. Uh, I want to, I want to experience some new music in this way while I'm spinning the record. So this was one yeah. of them. Uh, some of the album tracks I really like are the sign of fire, which was actually released as a single and it did crack uh, the top 40, but not a lot of people know that one. There's also a track called opinions, which has a real slow vibe and mm -hmm. it ends the first side of the album. Love that one. Uh, and the title track too, which is leads off the B side is, is really great. But my favorite song, which we'll be playing here in a minute is saved by zero. Oh, I think yeah. I like it better than even one thing leads to another. And my boys do too, because uh, maybe a decade ago, uh, Toyota used the song in its TV. Yes. Act, if you remember. Yes. I remember that. Uh, to the point where I was taking my boys to school one day and it came on the radio like the, the ad did. And my oldest requested it to put on their nighttime <laughs> CD list that I was burning them at the time. Nice. So I was making CDs for them when they were younger to oh, listen to crazy. at night. Uh, but I just, I love all the synth effects that they use on it. There's this, that real driving riff that the rhythm guitar and bass match each other. Yes. Boom, 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 boom. You know, it's just, yep. oh, I love it. And there's just so many interesting things to listen to when you listen to Save by Zero. There's all these like weird effects going on in the, in the background. background. Yeah, in headphones. Yes. You know, it's yes. it's so good. Uh, I was telling Eric uh, off the air, uh, a lot of their catalog has been removed from Spotify. I'm really mad about it. But the singles are still there. So that's why I picked essentially Save by Zero because I know it's out there and, and waiting for us to listen to. Right. For those of you who are listening on Spotify, but that's my number five pick. Good pick. Um, so my number five pick actually uh, got put on the list yesterday. I swapped out a different album uh, for this one. What's your number five? It was uh, a band. Well, not a, it was uh, "Breaking the Chains" by Dokken. Oh, okay. But. As I, as I thought about it, I didn't really start listening to that album until 84, even though it came out in 83. And so I didn't I didn't put it on the I, I listened to this number five album way more in 83 than I did. Gotcha. That album. So I swapped them out. Um, I, th I think I told you last week when we were talking about our list, I had six. and I couldn't pare them down. Uh, and that was that was <laughs> these, these were the two that I, I were trying. I was trying to decide between. Gotcha. Uh, my number five pick is uh, Keep It Up by Loverboy. Okay. Uh, this is the third studio album from this Canadian band. It was released in June of 83. Uh, it achieved a double platinum status and reached number seven on the Billboard two, uh, Hot, one, Hot 200 album chart. Um, it had three singles, Strike Zone, Hot Girls in Love, which got to number 11, and Queen of the Broken Hearts, oh, yeah. which got to number 34. Uh, it's got lots of keyboards and it's got a very early 80s sound rock, but it's full of just, I mean, incredible songs uh, and some under the radar guitar work. Hmm. Um, and actually, this album was the first salvo that my my music Nazi parents fired across the bow. Uh, you, probably, <laughs> you probably heard me if you've listened to this show or you watch some of my videos this summer. You heard me talk about my parents and how they were trying desperately to keep me from listening to rock music. Um, I borrowed this tape from a friend of mine named Jeff, and my parents found it in my room. Um, and they and they read, you know, they were reading this. You know, you could look on the back of the cassette and see the names of the songs, and there was stuff mm -hmm. on there like uh, "Hot uh, Girls Pat, in Love," "Hot Girls in Love," <laughs> "Passion Pit." One night love, you know, one night. I think it's called one night love affair. I can't remember. Um, and they were like immediately told me to get rid of the tape. I had to give it back to my friend Jeff. I was not to listen to that again. Uh, and um, 
<laughs> so I had to, um, neither one, of, at, at that point, neither he or I had a dual cassette deck yet. And so we literally had to put a boom box in front of another boom box and record it that way. So I could have a copy of it until I could find somebody that could do a, 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 a true dubbing from, from mm-hmm. cassette to cassette. Uh, and I still, even though it was a crappy recording, I listened to it all the time. Uh, <laughs> this is the first album that I remember playing air guitar to hard. I mean, like playing air guitar, like with a tennis racket. Um, I just, <laughs> I loved this album. <laughs> Um, and in my opinion, there's really not a skippable song on the album. Um, e- even though there were three singles on the album, I don't even think those three were the best songs on the album. Um, but however, for my money, the best song, my favorite song, the best song has to be Strike Zone, which was their, which was one of their singles that didn't even, it, it didn't even crack the, I think it got up to number 48, I think. So, okay. Uh, but that's my favorite song on the album. And I was listening to it last night uh, just to refresh my memory of all the songs on there. And I still remember the parts of that song that I played air guitar to. I mean, it just, it just <laughs> all these memories came back of me sitting in my room with headphones on because if my parents heard me listening to it, I was going to get in trouble again. So, uh, but yeah, so my, my, my song pick off of this album uh, is going to be Strike Zone. All right, on to my number four album of 1983, which is another one that just within the last maybe five years, I've really dove into. And now I can play it side one, side two, all the way through. Yeah, I'm flipping the record multiple times. <laughs> it is Cargo by Men at Work. Nice. Uh, Cargo was the second studio album by Men at Work, released in April of 83. Produced four singles, including the international hit Overkill. Uh, you remember that Scrubs episode <laughs> with uh, Colin Hay? Yes. You know, he peers throughout the episode yeah. and he's singing that Overkill song. I, that's the only episode I remember of that show. I remember we got into the show for a little bit, but I don't know. I was just enamored by that. And I, I, I knew in that song, uh, you know, back in the day. But Cargo's released, I thought this was funny. Cargo's release was actually held back due to the success of Business as Usual, their debut yeah. album. Yeah. It lasted, I mean, it was on the charts. It came Forever. out in 81 and it was still charting late into 82. So they didn't they they actually had this album ready and they held it back until 83 to release it because it just was was nuts. They were winning Grammys and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. That whole Australian push kind of at that time. But, uh, I, like I said, I was a fan of their radio hits mainly over the years. Uh, but, again, starting my vinyl collection, I told myself, you know, I'm going to go back. I'm going to get albums that I've just never had before. And Men at Work was one of them. I actually bought both of their albums, the first one and this one. They're so good, man. They're so good. I love their song mix. Yeah. They have some, what I would call, like, silly or even novelty <laughs> songs. Dr. Heckle? Uh, yeah, well, this one is, yeah, on this album, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Jive, or Dr. Heckle and Mr. Jive. Yeah. Uh, and the one Settle Down, My Boy. Yeah. I love that one. <laughs> uh, but they have some real, like, yacht rock, almost reggae-sounding songs. Yes. Blue For You on this one, really good song. And there's, on both these albums i really haven't gone past these two yet and i assume i will at some point but i like it when other members of the band will take a song or two on the album greg ham is one of them that takes the lead vocals on this song and you hear colin hay doing the backing vocals which i think are great yeah um he's got a great voice that the settle down my boy that's i don't know if that's greg ham or one of the other guys doing the lead on that one uh, and then the song I Like To, which is really funky and uh, it's a real up-tempo song. Yeah. really like that one. But when they want to be serious, there are some really well-written and produced songs on both of these albums. Uh, my favorite, well, my favorites, I'll say, of course, Overkill. Um, it's probably my number three, actually, on this album. It, it's really tough for me to pick a, a favorite to play here because, again... 
front to back, these albums are so great. Oh, yeah. Um, I like, my number two would be It's a Mistake. That song, I don't know, you may think I'm nuts, but I love it even over Overkill. And a lot of people, you know, go back and they'll say Overkill is probably their best song. But I, I don't know. I like It's a Mistake. That's, I, um, that's probably my favorite song on the album. It's so good. Yeah. But my favorite on this album, I'll say, is a song called No Sign of Yesterday. <laughs> Are um, you kidding? Yeah, no, it's a real kind of... It's so funny that you say that because I listened to this album this summer on my 100 albums in 100 days. Uh -huh. And that's the song I picked off of that al off the album to put on my playlist is that song. That's yeah, a great I mean, it's, song. It's so good. It's, it's more of a mellow song. Yeah. You get, uh, Colin's vocals are so great. I mean, in every song, but especially with the harmonies and the chorus in this song, he sings lower too at mm -hmm. the beginning. And then he, he, he goes and gets his high range at the end, but um, it's so great. Um, it's the, it's the end of side a on the record, mm -hmm. the rhythm guitar. And then there's these synth strings that come in to kind of fill in the gaps. It's so good. And there's an awesome guitar solo in this. Just almost out of nowhere, you get that guitar solo <laughs> in the middle. It's true, yeah. Because you don't get, you just don't get guitar solos really with Men at Work. Right. Um, it's a great then, song. Uh, Colin does this. It's almost like what you've talked about before, like a vocal solo yeah. at the very end of the song. The guitar and the sax are playing in the background, and he just goes off and does these little real trilling like vocalizations. Oh my god! I can't yeah. say enough about this song. Yeah, there's a, there's another one on uh, business as usual that I hope we get to at some point that I'd love to talk about. That's my favorite one on that one. That's an album track, but uh, this song is so good, and I really want people to listen to this one. If you're oh, yeah. on Spotify, check it out. If you've not listened to Minute Work, go listen to their first two albums, and I guarantee you won't be dis disappointed. Especially if you're like, oh gosh, I'm sick of hearing Down Under. I'm sick of hearing <laughs> Who Can It Be Now. Yeah. There's so much more on yeah. both of these albums. This I just song, can't tell you That enough. song was such a surprise when I heard it, when I was listening to the album. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I remember oh, I remember just putting it on loop. and I listened to it probably five or six times in a row because it's so yeah, good. I, I do the same thing. I'll be listening to the album. I'll, I'll listen to that one a few times and then I'll go to the second side which I think starts with it's a mistake. Um, but, oh gosh, mm. I just love, 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 love this song. So let's have everybody here. Yes. Sit here and listen with yesterday. us, will you? <laughs> Soak it all in. So my number four album is Seven and the Ragged Tiger by Duran Duran. I kept this one for you. Yep. <laughs> I knew you were going to pick this one. I, I had no doubt. This, I knew this is what it was when you said that. <laughs> I knew this. Uh, this is the band's third album. Uh, it's their first number one album in the UK, and it reached number eight in the US. Um, it's certified platinum in the UK, double platinum in the US, and triple platinum in Canada. Um, they released three really big singles off of this album: "Union of the Snake," "New Moon on Monday," and "The Reflex," which was their first number one song. Mm. Um, I was already. A Duran Duran fan, uh, like not a huge fan, but I was, I was already a fan of their stuff when I when I first saw the video "Reunion of the Snake," which is their first single off the album. Um, and I was, you know, I, I'd already seen their videos from Rio, and you know, there's something I should know. So I was already a fan um, when I saw "Union of the Snake," and that video is just over the top amazing. It they it really set the bar for the videos that they had coming down the oh line. yeah you know even new moon on monday which is like a 17 minute movie <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> wild boys and uh, uh well the reflex Dance is the, the one where they're the like, reflex yeah they're like in concert in that like that wave, comes wave. Out of the screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah they just yeah, they, i remember they that. just had the best videos and so uh you know i was already a i was already a fan just because i'd heard you know mtv had just blown up and you know they were playing mm -hmm. they were playing Hungry like the wolf and Rio, uh, you know, all the time. Um, honestly, when I first heard the album version of the Reflex, I thought it was meh. I wasn't really a fan of it. It wasn't until the, 
a year later when they released the remix version of that single and the video that I was blown away and became a full-fledged Duran fan. <laughs> that video and that song are what made me just a solidified Duran Duran fan, which is so counter to what I was listening to at the time. This, this, this is what this me being a fan of them has always shocked me and other people. <laughs> I remember uh, in high school I was dating a girl and we were riding around in my car one day, and she was looking through all of the tapes in my tape case in my car and they were like all these you know metal bands and hair metal and and right in the middle is a Duran Duran tape and she was like you're so weird I remember her saying that you're so weird I'm like why she's like you have one you have all this heavy metal and then you have one Duran Duran tape I'm like hey don't hate on Duran Duran yeah yeah I don't know what about them is it has always just been I don't know. I've just always been a huge fan of theirs, no matter what I was listening to. Um, so, um, for me, there's 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 not a skippable song on this on this album. Um, if you were to skip one, it would be a song called "Tiger Tiger." It's on the second side of the album. It's an instrumental. It's the next to the last song. Mm-hmm. Personally, I love it. I, it's weird. And it's very uh, Nick Rhodes. The keyboard player, he's really up in his yeah. element there. I love it, but if you had to skip a song, it would be that one. Um, but there, there's so so many great hooks in these songs. Um, oh yeah, just just you know, like chorus hooks or hooks from you know on the bridge. Um, you know, Simon Le Bon knows how to write a great chorus vocal hook for these songs. Which I think is what attracts me to a lot of their a lot of their music because he just knows how to write a mm-hmm. great vocal hook. Um, but for my money, the best song on the album is "Union of the Snake." Now, if the single version of the Reflex, the one that you hear on the video, <laughs> yeah. if that had been on the original album, then that would have been my favorite song on the album. And if you get the the, the reissued you know versions of the album, it's right. on there. It's on there yeah. as an added song. Uh, but on the original, I'm with album, you on that. Yeah, yeah. On the original album, uh, I, I don't count the reflex as my favorite because it's just it's 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 incredibly different. And it it's, is. It's not as hooky as the remix version, and so it's so it, weird that a radio edit actually, or I guess you call it remix, but it's so weird that that's better than what the album version is because i'm all the time telling people go listen to the album version because yeah, yeah, yeah. you know the radio mix cuts out so much but I, i'm in agreement with you i found they did i think two or three remix box sets cd box sets that is just a bunch of singles that are remixes i found one real cheap at a thrift store and and bought it immediately <laughs> because <laughs> It shows like it has the uh, the forty five sleeves that oh, they yeah. were is the CD sleeve too inside the box set and there's oh, maybe nice. ten or twelve in there but yeah. um, I can't remember the name of the the release that it's called but it went from different years so it went from like you know the late seventies to early eighties and then there's another eighties period in there and then up through the, I think the early nineties with the wedding album. Oh yeah, they, they had all these little different box sets with just remixes of the, of mainly of the singles. So nice, nice. Yeah, I'm I, I, I'm there with you, man. It, well, it's the music, you know. They, you, when people call them a boy band, I kind of turn my head at that, yeah. Because you know they were long before that, quote unquote, was a thing. But their music is just so beyond what you would think five just random singers are up there singing, you know, oh, like in yeah. a boy band. No, yeah. I so mean, you, you've got to love the, the music is what really it draws in yeah, male fans. Right know? right <laughs> at the beginning of the, of the pandemic when we were on lockdown, John Taylor, the bass player, uh, on his Instagram account, he would post like once a week, he would post uh, – videos of how he you know what he was playing on certain songs and he would play the bass lines for these songs and i'm like oh my gosh that <laughs> i mean i've heard him before when i hear the songs but but to watch him play i'm yeah. like why didn't why didn't nobody <laughs> take you seriously when they... <laughs> right 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 yeah so but i read an article um 
about a year and a half ago, right before they hit the road again last year, uh, the band was talking about just you know going over their anthology and all their singles and everything. And they everybody in the band has said if Nile Rodgers had not remixed the Reflex, that would never have been a a, a single or a number one song. Hmm. Um, so that's how different and, and how much better <laughs> that remix is than the album. Yeah. So. Uh, so for this album, we're going to play Union of the Snake. All right. My number three pick on our top five of 1983 is Frontiers by Journey. It was their eighth studio album. Man. That's a lot yeah. Of <laughs> I did not realize there was that many before yeah, this. No kidding. Uh, released in February of 83, reached number two on the album chart, charted four singles in the top 40, the biggest being Separate Ways, World is Apart, at number eight. Certified six times platinum in wow. the U.S. Uh, for me, Journey was a radio band in my early years. Uh, I bought their greatest hits in early 90s during the Columbia House BMG era, which I think my son has that exact CD in his car now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I've not really explored their full catalog, to be honest. Uh, Escape and Frontiers are mainly what I've listened to the most. Yeah, and what I'll go back and listen to when I and and I'll I'll throw in there Steve Perry's Street Talk, which I have on vinyl. Um, I love that album as well. But my roommate in college, he also had a Trial by Fire, thanks to the uh, When You Love a Woman when that came out when they had their little reunion oh, phase yeah. there, and I think '96. Yeah. Uh, so I've I've heard that one as well, but I've not really gone back to listen to the earlier uh, Journey albums. But um, I, I actually think I have the CD single for When You Love a Woman. I, we just, oh, we were over the moon for that song. <laughs> but uh, I think their hits were just so, or are so, just overpowering to me that, and they, they've got a ton of them, of course, that I, I keep going back to the hits mainly and not exploring you know, kind of their early stuff in full albums, which I probably should change at some point. <laughs> as far as Frontiers, I love Frontiers. Uh, some of the album tracks I like on there, Chain Reaction. And Neil Sean has a great end solo on that one that I really enjoy. Uh, I like the last two tracks on the album, which is the title track and then Rubicon. Uh, they get me really engaged at that point. Like, uh, you know, when you're putting an album together, I imagine back in the day, you're thinking of songs to, to get you to flip the record. And both of those, I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to flip and get yeah. back going on this album, <laughs> but they get me really engaged. And I just to keep listening to the, to the album and the singles are just so iconic though, you know, separate ways. I oh, remember, yeah. I remember being at a friend's house and, uh, I don't know. I can't remember what in the world we were doing, but he's like, let's put on some music. And he just cranked that, you know, <laughs> to the, as much as those speakers would go on his stereo. And we just kind of soaked it in. I'll never forget that. It, it's such a great song. And Faithfully, th both of those might be my number one and my number two overall songs for Journey. I, I love both of those nice. songs, both of them on this album, of course. Um, but I'll play one that I feel like doesn't get enough airplay today. I mean, you know. You'll hear Faithfully separate ways all the dang time yeah. on whatever station you're listening to. You, from 80s on 8 to the dentist office, you're going to hear <laughs> both of those songs. <laughs> One that I don't think gets enough airplay is Sender My Love. Oh, that's a great song. I love the drum kind of intro that it has. And that, that riff, that main riff just hits you. And you get, of course, Steve's smooth voice. Uh, Neil has a great solo in, in Center of My Love as well. And then my favorite part is when Steve comes back in at the end. Send her, send her, my <laughs> yes. you know, he, He's just kind of riffing. Roses yeah. never fade. You know, I'm sorry, folks, but <laughs> I've sung this song, Windshield Karaoke, so many times. It's not even funny. That's awesome. <laughs> but uh, it's just such a smooth song. It's one that Journey, Journey has this, they can, they can rock out course they can be your uh your couple skate but they have this kind of middle ground too i mean no matter what tempo they go at and especially with steve of course 
they're just so smooth and i love sender my love so that's that's the one i want to play for this nice. album did you uh did you listen to journey or what's your experience been with journey oh i've uh, yeah i mean i'm the same as you the the two that those two albums are the same ones i've listened to a lot too um i've heard you know bits and pieces of their other stuff um but these two this especially the, this album is one i listen to the most <laughs> but i agree that cinder my love is just it's a fantastic song that uh, i don't think it gets near as much play as the rest of it does <laughs> but yeah it's a great song okay my number three pick is pyromania from Def leopard mm. this is the third studio album from the band released in January of 83 and it was their first album to feature guitarist Phil Collins. Um, it's certified diamond in the US with 10 million in album sales. Mm. Seven times platinum in Canada and a mere silver in their home country in the, in the UK. What? They don't know. know what they're doing over there. Right? Across the pond. <laughs> they had Three huge top 40 singles and videos from this album. They had Photograph, which got to number 13. Rock of Ages just got to number 16. Mm. And Foolin' got to... Bingly, bingly, <laughs> or whatever he says. Got yeah. to number 28. Foolin' is great too, yeah. Yeah. Um, one one crazy fact about this album is that they, uh, they hit the studio with Mutt Lang with just a bunch of riffs and no complete songs. Oh wow! Uh, they they plan, the, the plan was to put the songs together in the studio with Lang, uh, so much so that he ended up getting a songwriting credit for every song on the album. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. There are also no real drums on this album. Aside from the cymbals, all the drums were programmed on a Fairlight sampler. That makes sense. Yeah. So you've always had that electronic drum sound, I think. Yeah. Or at least. With this one in, the, of course, Hysteria, too. Well, and if, and if you listen to this album close enough, you can hear that the drums are just a little too perfect. There's, you know, there's, there's mm -hmm. they're just, they're just a little too uh, mechanical. So, but yeah, there's no real, except for the cymbals, there's no real drums in this album. Um, I remember seeing the video for Photograph a lot when it first came out. That was the first single from the album. I remember seeing that video. Uh quite a bit either on mtv or some of the local video shows but my first vivid memory of death leopard was my <laughs> uh, my cousins played me rock of ages for the first time <laughs> um, and these are the same cut if you if you've heard our episode for back in black these are the same cousins i was with the first time i heard uh, acdc um, <laughs> so whenever we would go see my grandparents in eastern oklahoma usually i would spend at least one night with my cousins and my grandparents lived you know out out in the country on one side of town and my cousins lived out in the country on the other side of town so we would meet in the middle and make my my parents and their mom would make the switch the the, the handoff and i would mm -hmm. go home with them and i remember us meeting and they didn't even say hi to me they didn't say anything they literally were like you've got to hear this <laughs> and they had a boom box in the back seat and so I in the car with them. nice and the first thing they play me is rock of ages and that you know that that intro yeah and we were literally just i mean and the reason they did it was because they had just bought the tape at walmart and not playing it and and so there i mean literally there was no hello no what's going on you've got to hear this this is a circus <laughs> and so we played it all the way back to their, I mean, all the way back to their Awesome. Um, and listen to that album all, you know, I was, I, I spent two nights with them. I, I listened to that, we listened to that album the whole weekend. Um, <laughs> so that's my first vivid memory of this album and Def Leppard in particular. Uh, and much like, like I, like I said on the last album, this, there's not a skippable song on this album, period. Every song on here is just fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, peak Joe Elliott vocals. He sounds so, so good on this album. Uh, I saw an interview with him a couple of years ago, and he was talking about um, just, you know, how long they've been a band and all their, you know, all their albums and tours. And he, and somebody brought up, uh, does he ever go back and listen to their first couple of albums and, and think, you know, that was me or, what, or you know, whatever. And 
And he was like, oh my God, I go back and listen to Pyromania. And I'm like, how did I ever sing that way? He was like, <laughs> he was like there's no way I could ever sing that way again. He goes, that's, that's yeah. freaking amazing. Um, yeah. peak, peak Joe Elliott vocals. He's got such a great rock voice. And they are, I mean, they're, this is this is peak for him. Um, it's really hard for me to pick a favorite song off of this album. I love all the singles. Uh, like I said, Rock of Ages is really, a, <laughs> is, is, is special to me because I remember mm-hmm. my cousins, my cousins pointing that out. Foolin's a great song. I like Die Hard the Hunter, um, Stage Fright. I, you know, there's, it's really hard to pick a favorite for me, but I ended up settling on a song uh, called Too Late for Love. Oh, yeah. It's a great song, right? Too late. Yeah. yeah. That, that opening riff, too, is, is awesome. Oh yeah! Oh, gosh, yeah. So um, I can I can hear it in my head. Yeah. <laughs> when was the first time you heard Def Leppard? Hysteria. Hysteria. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I well, I I probably heard some of the singles off of this, and maybe even on MTV. But the first time I really sat down and listened to Def Leppard was me and my neighborhood friend Tim, him playing the uh, Hysteria. So yeah. yeah, I've gone back since then, and yeah, this is just a fantastic album probably too hysteria since i that's where i came in that it's it's right behind it for me but right right you're right there's it's um, front to back just awesome yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's just a, a this and the next album that i'm gonna talk about are were really my gateway drugs into <laughs> hard rock and heavy metal so uh so anyway we're gonna listen to too late for love all right my number two in our countdown we have talked about or mentioned before, it is Eliminator by ZZ Top. Uh, the eighth studio album by ZZ Top. It was released in uh, March 1983. And the it's their most successful album by far, as we told you earlier in the season. Yeah. 11 times platinum in the U.S. alone. That's diamond status. That's crazy. Uh, Give Me All Your Love and Sharp Dressed Man, Legs, Got Me Under Pressure, and TV Dinners. All released as singles. Uh, some, yeah, <laughs> some making video. the uh, right, right, right. Some are make it made the uh, you know pop charts. Uh, all of them made the rock charts. Uh, of course, the the cover, the iconic car on the album cover, and then you know the music videos as well. So influential, and you know, eleven million people can't be wrong with this album. I mean, it's so good. <laughs> You can hear a little bit more about our personal history with the band and the album in that Sharp Dressed Man episode that we did earlier this season. But as far as the album goes, like you said for Pyromania, I don't think there's a bad song on it. Yeah. You get all the great singles. And then outside of the big three, what I would call, I'm a big fan of that gratuitously long drum fill and got me under pressure. Crash. And I it completely forgot about right that. Right in the middle of that song. <laughs> it is so good. It is the longest drum fill, I think, ever. But I I love that song so much. Yeah. TV dinners, like I was joking back with you yeah. today, since Eric is uh is, is a bachelor at the house right now i said you so you're cooking some tv dinners i should choose that song tonight <laughs> no he's a good cook uh anyway it's a really really fun song that that music video is fun too yeah that video is crazy and some other album tracks on there that are real fun uh, a song called thug it's really <laughs> funky lots of slap bass like i don't hear slap bass with yeah. zz top no but that song is full of it and it's so great and I'm actually going to choose an album track to play because I know everybody is is probably sick of hearing "Give Me All Your Love" and "Sharp Dressed Man" and "Legs" because they just wear those songs out now, you know, anywhere. But there's an album track called "I Need You Tonight." It has just this awesome groove, and the solo. Of course, you're going to get the gratuitously long solos in this one that you'd expect yes. from Billy Gibbons, but. Um, I love his vocals on this one, too. I mean, this is the song, uh, I Need You Tonight. This is the song I want to be playing if I ever get a ride in the ZZ Top Mobile. <laughs> That's it's just amazing. really just a just a driving song. I can yes. picture myself in that thing with the windows down. It's nighttime. You're, you're going through the city, whatever, and you just got to crank to the max. Mm, 
I just, oh man, I love this song so much. Yes. And I don't think, you know, it, of course, 11 million people or 11 million albums sold. I'm, you might have heard it before. But, <laughs> it, it, you know, it doesn't get any real airplay unless you listen to the album. So True. I want to play that for everybody. But yeah, Eliminator, I, I came in with the next one, um, which now it's going to, I put myself on the spot. It's going to kill me what the next album was with Sleeping Bag Afterburner. Yeah, I came in with Afterburner, like I mentioned on the on the show. But oh man, if I'm going to listen to full albums by ZZ Top, it's it's those two. Okay, my number two pick is Metal Health by Quiet Riot. <laughs> uh, this is the band's third album, but it's the first to receive worldwide release because their first ones were the first two were only released in Japan. In Japan, yeah, that's, that's insane. Very, very big in Japan. <laughs> uh, metal health was the first heavy metal album to reach number one on the billboard 200 chart uh it replaced actually replaced um uh the police in the number one spot in november of 83 uh their song come on feel the noise reached number five on the billboard hot 100 and due to its commercial success metal health is regarded by some as the catalyst that opened the door for hair metal's immense popularity Throughout the next several years, mm-hmm. uh, it went on to sell more than 10 million copies worldwide, and over six million in the U.S. alone, being certified six times platinum by the RIAA. Um, mm-hmm. I heard this album the first time for the first time on the same weekend with my cousins as I heard when I heard Def Leppard. Uh, it was just a just a, a life changing weekend for me. Apparently, um, they had bought they had actually had bought these two tapes at Walmart before they before we met up, and so that's all we listened to all weekend. And from the opening, so the first song uh, on side A is Metal Health, and from the opening drum riff and Kevin Dubrow's scream, I was hooked. I could not get enough of, of, of this album. I, I've, I loved both of them, these two albums, uh, this one and Pyromania. But this one especially was my gateway drug to heavy metal. It's, it's really what got me hooked on heavy metal. Um, about seven years ago, um, roughly seven years ago, there was a, uh, and I've talked about this before, there was a hair metal festival here in town, music festival. Mm-hmm. And Friday night, Quiet Riot played, which really at that point, the only remaining original member was Frankie Vanelli, the drummer. Um, but a friend of mine who works for a paper in our hometown, which is like an hour north of here at the time, he worked he worked for the, the paper at the time. He got me credentials, like press VIP uh-huh. credentials to go back, basically backstage during the, <laughs> during the shows. Um, and so Friday night, between acts, I was walking around backstage and I had to go to the restroom. So I was in line for the restroom and the guy in front of me turns around and it's Frankie Benali. <laughs> and I literally said out loud, oh my God, you're Frankie Benali. <laughs> and he kind of <laughs> chuckled. He said, yeah, and he, you know, he shook my hand. And I told him, I was like, oh my, I said, you don't, under- I go, you have no idea how, <laughs> how pivotal metal health was in my life it was the gateway drug for me to, to get into heavy metal man it, that, that i wore that album out it, it just that, you know it meant so much to me and he literally almost started crying and said oh, he, wow. he said he said that you know that's that's a great you know great story i love hearing that stuff that's so that's so great that that uh, that you told me that and we stood there and talked for like 15 minutes just shooting the crap about other bands that are playing that weekend and you know just some other quiet rights that's, he's the that's coolest awesome. guy in the world um so if you're not a metal fan there's going to be several skippable songs on this album. <laughs> i'll just tell you right now okay if you're not a, 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 a hair band or a heavy metal fan this is your there's several songs on this album you're not going to like um but for me there's really only one skippable song on here and that's don't want to let you go it's kind of a it does it doesn't to me it doesn't fit on the album it seems kind of uh, it's mm-hmm. less quote unquote metal and it just doesn't fit on the album I don't know where it came from but uh, that's the one I skip usually 
Otherwise, this is a this is a solid metal album. Kevin Dubrow is one of the best voices in '80s metal. His his scream is and the there's several songs on here where he just screams and it's just it is the best sounding thing <laughs> in, in '80s metal. Um, um, Carlos Cavazo, the guitar player, he's got a song on here called Battle Axe. It's a it's a solo, but it's really what it is, like a minute and a half. It's called Battle Axe. Um, while he's no Eddie Van Halen, it's it's still a great song. It's still it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to joke uh, when I was in high school that hey, at least he's got a solo on an album. I don't have that, so I mean, <laughs> right? yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I can I can trash him all he wants. He's still got a solo on an album. I don't. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah. While while this is one of my one of my favorite metal uh, albums from the early eighties, it, re- it really was. It was the it was the album that really just push me over the edge for, for before you make your pick i do yeah. want to interject one thing yeah every time i, I think of this album and, yeah. and in particular the title track mental health bang your head i uh when i was a youngster in say like i don't know second third fourth grade i rode the bus uh, i went to a private school which was about nine miles away so i caught a bus into the local high school and then i caught another bus with the high schoolers down to the Votech school. So that nine mile journey back and forth each day with the <laughs> high schoolers was a real education. <laughs> what what they did, they would of course sit in the back Yeah. and somebody always had a boom box with them. Like the bus driver didn't care. He was the coolest bus driver in the world. Yeah. I got stories about him, but he allowed them to have boom boxes on there. And I swear to God, I listened to this album for an entire year back and forth <laughs> going to school as uh whatever i you know age i was at the time yeah. seven eight seven eight years old whatever yeah. so yeah I, I i go back to that and every time i hear bang your head uh mental health of course uh, especially I'm, I'm i just think of that bus ride them turning their class rings upside down and hitting me on the top of the head <laughs> Bang your head they would oh do god. oh god it hurt man oh, it hurt Lord. like a mother but <laughs> it takes me right back there man that's so funny um there was a when i was in eighth grade this album was out and when it went when i was in eighth grade and um there was a at the end of the year they had a talent show and there was a group of guys that did a lip sync to metal health and um you know they they had borrowed instruments from somebody but they didn't know how to play them they were just you know it was just a yeah yeah lip syncing and faking it or whatever um but the the guy that was supposed to be the lead singer he came he got up on stage with one of those masks on that they you know like off the album cover yeah right right and uh if you've seen the video which is one of my favorite videos by the way because it's it's just it looks oh yeah it looks yeah. so dark and creepy um, <laughs> but, he, but kevin dubrow pulls that mask off and throws it into the audience while he's singing and this kid did that during the song and that that crowd that seventh and eighth grade crowd lost their damn minds when he did that <laughs> and I don't think you ever got the mask back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but this is really this is really one of my favorite one of my favorite album, uh, metal albums. Uh, so uh, my favorite song on here is Slick Black Cadillac. All right, we're at number one now. For me, it it was a tough call, but I'm gonna put Synchronicity by the Police at number one. Great album. It was their fifth and final album released in june of 83 reached number one on the u.s and uk charts eight times platinum here in the u.s and it features the monster hits every breath you take king of pain wrapped around your finger all top 10 hits yeah. every breath you take was number one for eight weeks won three grammys also thanks to this album um for the longest time they were definitely a top 40 band for me I bought their hits in that same era that I bought Journey's hits. The uh, same with Sting. Sting, I was mainly known, knew his singles as a solo artist. Uh, and then, like I said before, when I was burning CDs for my, my boys, and yeah. I was actually giving them some of my CDs, they knew them as the yellow guys because <laughs> their greatest hits yes, has yeah. these little yellow men on there. Yep. So th- 
dad put on the yellow guys tonight so <laughs> <laughs> they love the police nice uh, but i first gravitated towards sting's solo albums as far as full albums go 10 summoners tales i drifted back a bit you know like dream of blue turtles and then yeah, even one a little bit forward mercury rising brand new day i remember getting those albums when they came out uh but when i went into my like what i would call classic rock phase in the early 2000s and went back to the basically 60s 70s early 80s to listen to rock uh, you know what was popular in rock at the time i felt like i needed to to listen to the police's uh, records and their full albums so zenyatta madada uh which was i think right before this one or maybe two before this one i really like that one yeah. and then of course this album uh, I bo i've got them both on vinyl now so for, as far as synchronicity goes there's really only one skippable track on the album to me that's the song if you want to call it a song mother which is uh, I, I just never quite understood this one. It's like almost has an Indian music feel, and then yeah. this dude just bitching about everything, including <laughs> his mother. <laughs> I don't know know if it's Sting or who who is is doing the vocals, but oh. it's just the weirdest dang song. Outside of that, I mean, you've got the iconic singles we talked about. They speak for themselves. Lots of airplay still today. You know. Oh yeah. The, the dentist's office and everywhere else you'll hear uh, all those singles. Um, I like, well, there's Synchronicity 1 and 2. 1 is really great. It leads off the album. Just a real driving track. There's, you know, it's all their musical abilities at their peak. And with, you know, three guys, Sting on bass and Andy uh, and um, Stewart on drums, Andy on guitar, just... There's so much going on there. And, you know, trios, I love trios. They have their own kind of distinct sound. And I'd put them up there with, like, Rush as well. Oh, yeah. You get, you get some other elements, of course, on the studio albums. But there's just something to be said about a good trio. And these guys are all at their at their peak. You know, it's, it's a shame that they went out like they did on their peak. But, right. you know, it's so good. Uh, Walking on your foot or walking in your footsteps, I should say. Tea in the Sahara, they feel like more of something off one of Sting's solo albums, right? I, agree. Me. I mean, yeah. it's it, you can hear, you know, when you when you get to like Dream of the Blue Turtles, yeah, it, it would fit in perfectly with like that album, sure. Um, so they were, it was a little bit, they had some other interesting stuff before this album, but uh, one of my favorite al uh, album tracks. Didn't even make the LP. <laughs> it only oh. made it to the cassette and the CD because of space. Oh, and really? Murder, Murder by Numbers. Oh, yeah, that's that a great song. song. Yeah. Didn't, it's not on the, the vinyl. Can't find it on the Cause LP. Because it, it wouldn't fit. Uh, it wouldn't sense. fit, so it's only on the cassette and CD. But that's a really great song. Nice. The chord progression on that one is just so interesting for me. Yeah. But my favorite by far on the track is Synchronicity 2. Yes, it's the end of the first side, I believe. God, um, such a good just song. <laughs> another really driving and powerful song for a trio. I mean, it's just amazing. I love Sting's vocalizations at the beginning. Yeah. You know, he's just way up in his high range. Uh, the, the main riff in the verses is really good. But the break that's about halfway through the song where you get Andy's guitar work really fun he's kind of like dragging the pick yep. over the strings yeah and there's that real long it's almost like menacing or you know they it's talk a about a, song they, they talk about a scottish lock so it's it's almost like the loch ness monster there coming to life <laughs> when it he is a really it. creepy song but yeah um great. one of my favorite police songs for sure so oh, I, i've yeah. got to play that for y'all uh yeah. as my number one pick but did you listen to this back in the day? Did you get into the police at all with your yes, heavy this metal is, self? <laughs> this is uh, this this is probably. I mean, I, I listened to these songs more as singles than I did the whole album. I didn't listen till the whole album till later on. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Synchronicity Two is by far, far and away, my favorite song off of this album. Um, I listen to that song all the time, even just as a, just by itself. I just play the song <laughs> over and over again. 
And uh, the, the one funny story about, about that song is when they were filming the video, uh, the big stack of basically junk that Andy's drum set's sitting on <laughs> caught on fire. Stewart, you mean? Uh, Stewart, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stewart's drum set sitting on caught on fire. And they cleared out the studio, but they couldn't get Stuart down off of the stack because he wouldn't come down. <laughs> he, he just wanted to keep filming. So there's parts of the video where you see smoke, and that's because mm-hmm. that's because what he's sitting on is on fire, and he wouldn't get off the off the drums. <laughs> but yeah, that is this is by far my favorite song. All right, my number one pick for nineteen for album of in, in 1983 is Midnight Madness by Night Ranger. Of course. <laughs> this is the band's second studio album released in October of 83. Um, the album produced three charting singles and contains the band's best-known hit, Sister Christian, which everybody in the free world has heard. <laughs> mm-hmm. It remains their highest-selling album. At over, uh, it's sold over a million copies in the U.S. Um, my... First exposure to Night Ranger was the video for "Don't Tell Me You Love Me." That got a, I got a little bit of play on MTV, um, but that was it. That's all I'd heard from them was "Don't Tell Me You Love Me." Uh, the first time I heard the song "Rock in America" was when I saw the video, and when I tell you, my life fundamentally fundamentally changed when I saw it. I am not exaggerating. <laughs> um, of all the other songs that I ever played air guitar to, this was the this is the one song that made me want to play guitar for real. I don't I don't know why I don't know what it was about it, but when I saw that video and heard the song, I literally came out of my chair in my room. And That's awesome. Just I mean, it was just it it just made me want to play. It. I remember telling my parents the next day, I want to play guitar. And that's and that was because of this song right here. Um, I've seen them uh, seven or eight times live, mm-hmm. um, and every time I hear them play that song, I still get goosebumps. I still think about sitting in my room and hearing that song and playing air guitar to it when I was <laughs> when I was thirteen or fourteen years old. That's that's how that's what that that's what that song and this that's album, nostalgia people. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's why we do what we do. Yeah, um, and this album was part of that. Uh, was part of the second salvo of uh, my music Nazi parents fired over the bow. Um, <laughs> I think I told a story last season, maybe. Uh, no, it was this season during was it the, this season. Okay. Yeah, during the rock, it, uh, I, rock in America episode. Yeah, I told it uh, on the on my videos this summer too. But uh, I, tried <laughs> to, I tried to buy this and Seven of the Tiger, and my dad walked me back into the music store and made me return. <laughs> Uh, but I was not deterred. I found a way to. I found. Yep, you did. To, to copy I'm gonna myself. play it myself, <laughs> sucker. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is this this album, that song, but this whole album was very uh, a very seminal point for me as far as wanting to be a musician. Um, so there's not for me. There's not a. There's every song on here is 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 listenable. There's not. There's nothing skippable about this album. Um, there's tons of great riffs that I spent hours trying to learn and play. And um, so they have two lead vocalists. They have uh, Jack Blade, who's the bass player. And then Kelly Keegy, the drummer, they both share uh, lead vocal duties. And they both have just incredible voices. And they, 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 uh, they do an incredible job doing backup vocals too um, on all their songs. Um, I think my favorite song on this album, and this this was another album I had a hard time picking out one song to play. Um, <laughs> you would think it would be Rock in America, but it's not. It's a song called Touch of Madness. Okay. Um, and if you listen to the intro of the song, it's this like little jack-in-the-box tinkering sound. But if you listen closely in the background, there is the there's a sound bite from the movie Poltergeist where uh, Carol Ann is like yelling mommy when she's in the, t- in the TV and it's kind of, <laughs> Oh wow. Yeah. If you listen closely, you, you hear that in the background. Um, and so, and, and the riff on this song, part of the riff on this song is just, it's just incredibly just, it just sounds so, so bad, I mean, bad in a good way. 
Um, <laughs> so this has always been my probably my favorite track on the album. Um, do you have any kind of history with Night Ranger? I, I think we talked no. about this, but I, but I don't remember. Yeah, not not at all. I haven't really listened to any of their albums yeah. outside of uh, you know what singles they released. Yeah. Yeah. I know the singles from this album. I've just never really dove in past the uh, the bonus songs that you did put on. Uh, sure. Yeah. The uh, episode as well, which I think I don't. I think Touch of Menace was one. I believe that added on there. If it, but, if it, if it wasn't, it sh- should have been. But uh, we'll let yeah. everybody hear that one again. That yeah. was great. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, this is my number one album. It was it's it just a just a, a cornerstone album in my musical education and musical life and wanting to be an, a, a guitar player and uh, and so uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to play Touch of Madness. All right. Well, that's our top five albums of the nineteen of nineteen eighty three. I should say. Uh, <laughs> glad you guys came along. Would love to get your feedback. Uh, you know, on the albums that we picked, obviously. But if there's one that was more important to you that didn't make our two lists, would love to hear about it. Of course, at Greatest Lists out there on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call that. Twix. Uh, if you're in Spotify, you can leave a comment right there. Or you can leave a comment over there on the retronetwork.com where we're posting episodes or even on YouTube where we're posting episodes. Leave a comment there wherever you're listening and uh, you'll, you'll, of course, be able to find us. But we will continue the countdown, though. We've got some uh, tracks left to do here in the 80s to finish out season two. We look forward to finishing that up. But uh, these bonus episodes are really fun, man. I'm glad you picked this one. Yeah, it's a I mean. After I looked at that list of albums, I was like, "Oh, we've we've got to do something other than just just the one we did for for sports because there was so many albums that came out this yeah. year." So yeah, in '84, I don't know. There might be a, we might have to do another one of these next year, outside of maybe picking a couple albums to go track by track. But sure, uh, I was looking through the '84 list too. I'm like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah, shouldn't be shouldn't be too hard to put five together. So. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to The Greatest Lists.